Facebook is underreporting. This is like you know, quite a serious issue. Can you explain a little bit more what that is and how to not be harmed by that? You get the benefit of probably 15 hours of last week of me painstakingly going through a client funnel and discovery stuff that you would never guess oftentimes. Mm. And they don't tell you this. I happened to be on the on a Zoom call with a program on the other side of the world, and guess what we first discovered? So there's two parts of the um, Facebook where you get reporting. One is obviously Ads Manager. The other is data sources. That's associated with the pixel area. That information should be accurate. Like this should be accurate, 100%. Like there shouldn't be any discrepancies here. But we saw they were. What the hell's going on? Program is seeing one thing, I'm seeing another thing. And then I realized, they don't tell you, I'm seeing things in my time zone, you're seeing things in your time zone, and it doesn't matter what the time zone of the account is. So you could be busting your chops sitting like, why isn't this matching up? First thing that you obviously need to do is whoever's looking at those numbers, take the ad account and make sure the ad account is in the time zone of that guy. As a serial entrepreneur, I'm always trying to evolve. Having great conversations with other high performers is one of the best ways to grow, not only in business, but also in spirit, health, and relationships. This is Svencast. Listen, grow, repeat. I'm here today with the one and only Robert Grant. You are an entrepreneur and you are running a Facebook ad agency named Reach Global Media. You have worked with Warner Brothers, uh, many thought leaders and celebrities like Richard Branson, Gary Vaynerchuk, and NBA star Yao Ming. And Yao Ming is a pretty, pretty interesting guy. Like he makes, uh, he actually makes Michael Jordan look like a small uh, boy, um, like a little boy. Look at this. This is crazy, man. This is, I'm wondering what what they get to eat in china sometimes they, they must they must have a collection of mutants there it's amazing um with your agency you are a facebook preferred partner uh managing millions of dollars in facebook ad spend uh, you and your team not only have made over 150 million in the last 10 years through digital products but you are also experts in compliance and compliance that can be a very important and difficult topic for entrepreneurs who want to advertise on facebook robert thanks for taking the time welcome thank you Thank Thanks you. for the intro. Thank you. Um, so my first question is, why is Facebook such a pain in the ass? I would answer that question, but um, I might destroy my relationship with them. So yeah, I'm going to sure. probably decline. I'll tell you, I mean. This is jokingly, of course. You know, um, of course, we all jokingly. love Facebook. <laughs> I mean, look, one of the big, the biggest challenges that people have of course, is having someone to speak to, and particularly in the area of compliance. Compliance is a very great area. Obviously, it's not just Facebook, Google, YouTube, all of them, they want to cover themselves. So oftentimes, they, first of all, in their published policy, there's a lot of gray areas. And if you don't have someone to talk to in the policy team, oftentimes it can be near impossible to work out 
what is it that they actually want? So when they say, you know, they don't want sensational language, what does that mean? You know, is the word wow sensational? Is mm. awesome sensational? Is substantial sub sensational? And oftentimes it's on a case by case basis. Um, the other big challenge is, and this is for most, for most people, obviously we've got a partner agency. It's not just a partner agency, but we're a managed partner agency, which means they've assigned us a tier one rep, which is very, very difficult to get even today, even if you meet the, um, criteria, um, that they have in order to get a preferred partner status, you can often not have a tier, a rep or a tier one rep. Really? Um, the tier one rep means that you can actually communicate through the rep to uh, the policy team and you can actually get the feedback. But what most people don't know, and it gets them into a lot of trouble, is um, they look at you, one of the things that they grade you on. So when you first submit your ads, your ads go through an AI. The AI decides kosher, not kosher, and then lets you upload if they approve it. The thing is, is that when you hit a certain level of spend on those ads, and they will never tell us what that, what that threshold is, they don't want us to know. Um, but when you hit a certain threshold of spend, then a human being comes in and then manually reviews your stuff. Now, one of the things that they grade your accounts on is looking at how much money that you spent on ads that were approved by the AI and then later disapproved by a human being. So you have to be very, very careful not to kind of cross that line. I mean, look, if you have the privilege of being able to actually request manual reviews, which we do on every sensitive area or every sensitive market, we don't do it if we're selling shoes, but if we're selling supplements or we're selling, you know, any kind of investment course or something that's going to teach you how to make money in any way or succeed in business, any of those sensitive areas that will, we will almost always, unless it's like absolutely certain that it's not a gray area, we will submit that to the policy team and make sure that we get those ads and those landing pages and those videos approved. For people that can't do that and don't have the luxury of doing that, I always recommend don't, you know, always err on the side of caution and don't try and push that line because just because you got past the AI, it doesn't mean that in a month or two months, a person is going to come and look at your ads and say, no, that's a problem. Shut those ads down. And then you spent too much money on those ads and then they can, you know, they can terminate your account. If that makes sense. This is, this is really, yeah, this is, this is really hard. I think the, the problem is that if you start running Facebook ads, you're not really clear about the policy and what, as you said, um, with a sensational, um, like you don't know what they, label as too sensational or too let's say overdone and what's too much for them uh, can you give like a rough guideline on how you should approach this because um you have to keep in mind on the one hand your ad has to convert so you have to have to have yeah. to speak positive about your product but you <laughs> cannot do it too much um and at the same time i i all the time i see really weird facebook ads like for crazy stuff with uh like pers I, i perceive it as 
they're breaking a lot of rules. A lot of advertisers on Facebook like break a lot of rules, like um, rules that are like like I've I've seen uh, uh, like like pretty edgy uh, investment ads. I've seen uh, almost like pretty much pornographic ads, etc. All of the all the things I, I thought Facebook wouldn't allow. So it's for me, it's very confusing what what actually is allowed. And can you comment on that a little bit? Yeah. So there's a few ways to get around. I don't want to say get around, but a few ways to deal with these issues. So number one, let's say take for example in the health and wellness space, you can you can get away with a lot more for want of a better word if you cite studies so i don't know what if you're selling you know nutra products then they have certain ingredients so you could say you know here this ingredient does x and then you make sure that you've got a citation but i caveat what i say with one thing you have to be very very careful and understand that Either it's going to be a bot, right? Or it's going to be a human being. You should plan basically for both. And just think that when the, when the person from the policy team is going to be looking at your landing page, for example, they're going to scan your landing page. So for the policy, you know, the stuff that's very important for policy, make sure that it's very evident. It's easy to see, you know, not something which is like buried deep, you know, like at the bottom of the page that nobody sees, because if they miss that, you could very easily end up in a situation where they um, look at that page, they say, this is no good. And if you've spent, you know, 5,000, 10, 20, whatever it is, of thousands of dollars on that particular ad driving traffic to that page, if they miss that, you can end up getting yourself banned. Um, other ways around, um, other ways around the issues as far as like policy is concerned and what you're allowed to say, not allowed to say and claims and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they, they are a lot happier. They don't always let you get away with this kind of thing, but we found that it works very well in comparison to doing what used to be in his people used to say, you know, his van, he made $50 million with my product or he lost, you know, a gazillion pounds with my weight loss product or all this kind of stuff. Um, what we found works really, really well with our clients is just telling stories. So if mm. you tell a story in the first person about yourself, you know, to give you an example, I don't know, in the dating space, I was this guy and, you know, I was always used to be super nice opening the door you know, straight away telling a girl that I love her and giving her flowers and all this kind of stuff. And I kept getting rejected. This is like, you know what, just one example, or I was grossly, I was grossly overweight. And then I did, you know, this program or whatever it was, that kind of thing is a lot easier to fly. Don't exaggerate though. Like they're looking for like, they're looking for exaggerate, crazy exaggerations. Don't, even if they're true. And you know, with some of our clients, they are true. You know, they really do have unbelievable, unbelievably good products, but, and I tell them, you know, just tone it down a little bit and they're like, but it's true. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's true. The person at the other end of the policy, you know, in the thing in the policy room, that guy needs to look at your stuff and basically believe that you are not, 
you know, making outrageous claims. We have like one of our clients sells, um, he sells uh, supplement products and he's literally got, you know, I think it's five Harvard doctors in one of his, you know, they did a documentary and he's got like five Harvard doctors and they endorsed his products and everything else and endorsed his brand and 100% true, all the things that he's saying and they came up with a new discovery, like some patented thing that he's using in his product. And, you know, they they didn't like it and we ended up having to appeal it. So we were able to appeal it because we're a partner agency. Most people, if you're not a partner agency, then don't even go there. If it looks unbelievable, tone it down to the point that it is believable. Um, it, it's unfortunate, but that's, you know, that's just the case. And that would keep you, that will keep you a lot safer. So the citations we said, talking in the first person and don't use exaggerated language. And, you know, if you are, you know, I, I tell this to everyone, obviously that I have a vested interest in telling people that they should, but this is the truth. If you're working in a sensitive area, um, and you can afford it, you should work with a partner agency that is managed because mm. they're able to submit your stuff to the policy team. And then you can know exactly where you stand and you can push that line as far as it can possibly go mm. that they are happy with and not get into trouble. I mean, that's the reality and the truth. If you're selling weight loss, Nutra investment tips, you know, any kind of like business stuff where you're promising to help somebody grow their business, all of these types of areas. If you're selling shoes, like I said, you don't need to do that sort of thing because there's, you know, what are you going to say about the shoe? Mm. It's just a picture of a shoe. It's not, you know, someone in a bikini, it's shoes. So if you're selling shoes, then it's a vanilla area, but other areas, yeah, you want to find out whether the agency that you're working with is a managed agency. So they've got a tier one rep and then they can communicate back and forth with the policy team. Mm. Um, it's probably not the answer most people want to hear, but, um, Unfortunately, that is the case because you can, you can run into a lot of troubles. You know, let's be real as it is, they're using AI and AI by itself is not, you know, probably a good thing that mankind hasn't yet perfected AI. <laughs> but then, you know, there's also downsides to it when you're trying to use a platform that's scanning your, your stuff. And, um, there is one thing I, I will bring up as well, which is, um, super important for people to know. If you've had a page or you've had an account that was suspended and then it was re-enabled, <clears throat> if it was for a policy violation of any sort and it got re-enabled, what most people don't know is there's a probation period. So the, the probation period on pages runs for 20 days. At least that was the last time, you know, we had this conversation with our Facebook rep. Um, on the account level, I don't remember exactly, but I would imagine it's somewhere near the same. During those 20 days after that you've been re-enabled, <clears throat> you're under, you're under probation. And that means that they've pushed up the scrutiny levels on what it is that you're advertising. You have to be squeaky clean during that period. So you might even want to like slow down your ads and just run vanilla ads. Nothing that pushes that boundary for those 20 days. Mm. After you're outside of that 20 days, then you can 
you know, you can basically tone it up for one of a, for one of a better word and maybe use stronger language and stuff like that. But if you are in that situation, you need to be aware that you are under probation and scrutiny levels of the AI are on max on your account, which is, you know, so many people come to me and they say to me, like, you know, why do I keep getting these issues and everything else? And I like, I see that, you know, they're in that probation period. That's super interesting. I mean, that I, I didn't even hear of that. Like, I'm fascinated. Like, they don't tell you that you're on probation. No, they don't. I mean, we only know because, you know, our rep looks into these things. Um, and oftentimes people come to me with these issues. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And mm -hmm. um, oftentimes people will come to me and say, look, I've had three accounts shut down. I can't afford to lose my business. I see the writing on the wall and I'm scared I'm going to lose my whole business manager soon. And I realize, you know, this is not going in a good direction. And then they come to us and they ask us for help. We look into it and then we get the feedback and they explain, well, you know, this is either sort of in a, in a red flag stage or a orange flag stage. Um, and then we advise them. And it's not pleasant, obviously, having to go 20 days when you're like running super vanilla ads and then there's having to have the patience. But yeah, most people don't, don't realize this. Another big thing that a lot of people don't realize because so many people come to us and they want us to help them to re-enable their accounts. So as a managed agency that we, we have that privilege that we can submit the accounts to be re-enabled. Um, I'd say about 90% of the time that we're successful um, because of the relationship and status that we have with Facebook. But, but then obviously like, you know, people want to find out what the hell went wrong. And oftentimes that I find it's one of the first questions I ask and people will say to me, I don't understand what happened. We were running everything. It was fine. We were running these ads for six months and then out of the blue and it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. All my accounts just started getting shut down. What, what's going on? What's flying? And the first question I always ask is, did you have anybody new around the period that the account got shut down connecting to your account? And oftentimes they'll say to me, yes, you know, I hired a new employee or I hired a new agency. You know, somebody new basic, basically connected. And then what they don't realize is that you want to do serious background checks. Same, same, if not more, as when you hire an employee, what's this guy's history? Because if that person was connected to an account that was banned or it was flagged and it was in probation or whatever it is, and he was a user or she was a user on the, um, on the business manager of a previous account, and then they come and connect to your account, they bring that sort of, you know, that bad history with them. And then they cause the account that they've connected to to get flagged and can even be to shut down. And those flags can be on a business manager level, it can be on an account level, and it can be on a page level. And the worst is on the user level. So if it's on the user level and that guy comes on and he's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna manage your Facebook post. They say, great, let me connect you to the account. The guy's a user on the account and then boom, all of a sudden this account, you know, gets terminated, disabled, restrictions, probation, all of those types of things. Like I am obviously like paranoid to an extreme because I want to keep my account 
you know, my agency account. So we're like extremely careful who we let ever onto our business manager and to make sure that all of our client accounts this, are, are running within policy. This is crazy, man. So, so it's, it's like, it's almost like, it feels like a social credit system. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is like, um, so, so you're saying that it, your account could get shut down if the wrong person touches your account or your, let's say your Facebook business manager. So that even if you didn't do anything wrong, like let's say you just ran vanilla ads and everything is just normal and then you hire the wrong person and then your account can, can get shut down because this person might be associated in the past with an account that was shut down for other reasons, right? Yeah, literally. <laughs> this is, so, but but how do you like, how do you get around that? How, how can you check if Facebook doesn't like a certain person or not? Like, uh, do, do they, do you, do you, do you a background check of a person with your rep or how, how, how do you approach that? I can find out like if an account has issues, I can find out what was the, you know, what was the history usually nine times out of 10, um, you know, they will tell us this was a specific policy violation from this, or this was like at the user level, the page level, um, the account level, the business manager level, um, that type of thing. But, you know, that's what we, we do a check because so many people come to us and it's like, Hey, I was running for six months, just got disabled. Can you help me? It wasn't my fault and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, you know, we, we submit an appeal and our rep will get back to us, but just, you know, for regular people that can't do that, the only thing that you can do is, you know, honestly, if I would as a business owner, like get with them on zoom and I want to see, I want to see what they're connected to. Like, I want to see it, not just I want to hear from them. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I'm completely fine. It's like really minimally ask the questions. Have you been associated with any pages that have been restricted over the last year? Are you still connected with any of those pages, accounts, business managers, ads? Um, you know, if they're an agency, again, I would personally only work with a partner agency. Um, you know, I don't think it... It, it's just too risky because I've seen agencies, you know, there was one agency overnight. Um, I won't say the name, but he got pretty well known for this. And he, he ended up getting 11 of his accounts shut down overnight because of one violation that he did. He did something really stupid. He's the agency owner. Um, but these guys, like if they're not a partner agency, they don't have the education and the communication with Facebook. So oftentimes they're flying in the dark just as much as everyone else. Mm. So, you know, they, They don't know where's the line of policy. So they themselves push the line and they push it too far. But employees, agencies, you know, the same thing. You need to ask those questions. And maybe if you're not going to work with a partner agency, minimally, I would have someone sign something in writing that's a little bit scary to them. You know, that maybe there's like penalties when they come on board. If they've lied about this specific area, you know, there's some sort of a financial penalty. Mm. I mean, that's what. That's what I would do if I was a business owner. I see. So, <clears throat> so um, 
like if if I'm a starter, if I'm a beginner and I want to run Facebook ads and I can't yet afford like an agency, how would you approach this? Like what would be like the things um, that you would look for when you, if, if, if you were a beginner, uh, how would you get started with that? If you had to do it yourself? Wow. That's a very tough question. Um, I would say read the policy, like learn it off by heart. I, I'm literally not kidding. Mm. Learn it off by heart. And I would say, Don't put anything up there that you wouldn't you wouldn't send to your mum to buy. You know what I mean? It's just as simple as that. And even if you know that your text is believable and you're writing the copy and stuff like that, that you know it's believable, imagine that was somebody else's. And then if it was someone else's, is this something you would, assuming that you love your mum, is it something you would show to your mum? If you don't like your mom, then obviously that doesn't really work. But <laughs> assuming that you do, like, like, just really start start thinking like that. Um, that's that's the only like easy advice, I guess, that I can give. And it's not easy. I mean, starting on your own, it's such a risk because you're going to probably make mistakes, and those mistakes can cost you the longevity of your account. You know what I mean, like. It's a very tough one. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess if there's no choice, that's what I would do. Yeah, so I, I think it's, this is also uh, what I re I'm referring to quite often um, when I talk about sustainability. Uh, for me, it's very important to have like a real, really white hat product. Um, of course, with a good profit margin that you can that you would sell your mother basically so that you you even have a chance to advertise on Facebook and um, where you are not ashamed of showing your face and things like that. And I think nowadays in, in those times of social media, it's very important um, to also have a personal brand attached to your brand and but your personal brand uh, cannot be burned it shouldn't be burned by a bad product so uh, it should be something that you would sell your mom actually yeah 100% yeah um if you look at those advertising platforms facebook ads google ads and instagram ads um how would you like prioritize them let's say for for an for an online coach or for for someone selling ebooks or supplements um and uh, yeah how, how what would you focus on and why facebook versus google versus instagram so we do all three um recently we got into the google space um it's hard for me to answer that question because I still have the Facebook bias. So I'm just being, I'm being completely honest, mm -hmm. but I will tell you this. YouTube, say for example, um, which I guess falls under the Google bracket. Um, they're a lot more lenient these days compared to Google as a whole, Google, YouTube. They're a lot more lenient compared to how they used to be. So from a policy standpoint that you can, you've got a lot more leeway as to what you can basically get away mm. with saying. 
I guess the challenge is, you know, the challenge is, is like, let's say that you want to go, uh, you want to do YouTube. Um, video needs to obviously be a strong point for you. So you asked about people getting started. If that's something that you're very comfortable with on video, and you know, a lot of coaches are, they like to talk, um, then, you know, that can be a very good channel for you. Obviously, if you're, um, it's more heavy, I guess, on the video and video scripting. So that side of it needs to be really good. But if that's what your core strength is and you're not struggling in that area and you don't need loads of help, then that can be a good place to start, honestly, before Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, Instagram and Facebook ads. I mean, we don't ever do, honestly, ads just for Insta. It's always either Facebook or Facebook and Insta. Um, you know, Facebook can be a lot easier for you if you don't have a budget or you don't have the skill set for, you know, to start doing video ads and that type of thing. So you can get away with static ads and running them to your landing page. That could be a lot easier. Um, the plus side of Google is they'll talk to you. Mm. You don't have to be a giant sized business and start spending, you know, $25 million a year before you can even be considered to get a rep. The downside is, is that a lot of, I'm just telling you, you know, like from a lot of what I hear is the lower level reps inside of Google oftentimes are not educated like the tier one reps. So you're also playing in, it, it can be a situation of the blind leading the blind mm. if you're unlucky. Um, so you have to be careful with that. But I guess like both have pluses and minuses. Um, you know, we discussed this before. I, w I would say this, and I guess it sounds obvious, but it's always the elusive obvious. Yeah. If you have a good product and you have a good backend or you have a high ticket product, but it's good and there's a demand for that product and people want it, your life is just a hell of a lot easier on either of those platforms or any of the three platforms that we just kind of mentioned on bundling Facebook and Instagram as, as one. That's a really big deal that a lot of people don't think about. If you have a $5,000 product, you can afford to spend 4,500, you know, as long as you don't have uh, costs right to that product. If you have costs then you can afford, let's say your costs are half, you can afford to spend $2,000 to acquire that, that customer. And then that gives you an edge. It's as simple as that. And, you know, really focusing people struggle so much. Like I used to sell courses. I don't anymore, mm. but in the days when I used to sell, um, courses, we had like 90,000 people go through, our, our Facebook training and everybody wanted to hear traffic, traffic, traffic. How do I get more traffic? I want more traffic, more leads. And the answer was not what people wanted to hear. The traffic side of it is easy if you fix the funnel side of it and you look at how can I increase my average order value? How can I add, you know, upsells? How can I increase maybe mm. and just offer like a premium offer to my product, all of that kind of stuff. And if it's a good product, you don't have to do gymnastics and backflips and even start worrying about which one of those platforms is going to be, you know, which one is the best of the best. Yes. You know, I just gave a simple guideline. If you're great with video, go for YouTube. 
if you're great with if you're not great with video and you can get by with static ads and some decent copy then you know go with you can go with google display or facebook you know they both have gigantic reach but the biggest thing that you should be asking yourself more than anything of the nuances of the two how can i increase my order value should be the number one question that you're asking and if you keep asking that question to yourself every week and just start making incremental changes as to putting your thinking cap on and what can I put in here as an upsell? Can I JV with someone and then get something as an upsell? Can I, you know, what can I do in this area? That's going to substantially help you. Yeah. And then you're going to want to be on all of the, all of the platforms. Oh yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's really the question of how do I make this profitable after setting it up and uh, I totally agree with you it's there's so much you can you can gain from upsells uh, we at Digistore24 have like an automated upsell editor so you can uh, do your upsells and you can have them automated in the funnel that your end customer is going through or your prospect is going through and then there's a lot of possibilities. You can still educate your your people. For example, you can have you can have you could have like a book, and then you could upsell an audio book for of that book, and that upsell could be a little bit more pricey. And then you could upsell a video course, for example, um, of the of the contents of that book and some advanced stuff on top of that. And then you could um, have like as, as an ultimate upsell, like as a higher upsell, for example, a mastermind or an event or something. And uh, you could also upsell, uh, for example, then um, mentorings or one-on-one calls or something like a personal uh, coachings, stuff like that. So, so there is like, there's like a lot of upsells you can do and a lot of little things where you can add value, things that make your, like your, I, I like to say in a way, your product is creating, usually is creating new problems. You just, you, you might solve a problem, but you might ra raise awareness for another problem that will arise. So this problem has to be solved as well. So for example, for a platform like Digistore24, like one problem is to understand it. And if you didn't understand the manual, then we could offer like uh, a certification course on that, et cetera, et cetera. So there, with every product you give, your customer, there is a new problem. Like for example, if you're selling it, if you sell Teslas, Tesla cars, then or electrical cars, uh, then all of a sudden they need something to charge the car. They need uh, stuff to clean the cars. They, they need stuff to uh, um, maintain the leather and to polish the leather and to keep the car clean and to keep it beautiful, etc., etc. So anything like. It's it's an it's an endless stair of of problems, uh, which is amazing for for our our business case. So I I really yeah I I totally agree. And and once you have like a funnel that really works well uh, and that solves real problems to people, then they'll just buy because it's convenient. Because convenience is like in my opinion the most important thing and the most important selling point. Like all the all these new devices and products and services that really change the future of humanity is really about convenience. Why is Tesla better than any other electric car? Because it's more convenient. What What is more convenient? Uh, 
it, you have a supercharger network, for example. No other car manufacturer has a supercharger. And I don't mean, I'm not paid by Tesla to advertise for them. I'm just giving it as an example. Um, or like fast food or Amazon. Why is Amazon popular? Yeah, because it's so easy to um, make an order there. Or something like Uber. Why is it so why is it so successful? Because it's so effing convenient. And that's pretty much it. And offering the right stuff for convenience uh, is great. And I think, um, but a lot of people really have the issue with Facebook of like getting banned without really understanding why. And you gave some examples. Uh, you said, okay, if you, if you, uh, if your claims are too big, then you'll get banned. If you have like someone who got banned working on your Facebook account, you might get banned if if you're too too um, too aggressive with your sales pitch, you get banned. But I've also heard stuff like you cannot talk directly to the client. You can say, "Hey." Dear client, you have a problem or you want to find a new house and I can show you a new house in your area or something if you want to buy it. Uh, I was told that I cannot say that. I cannot talk directly uh, to the client or to the prospect on, on Facebook. Um, what are some other, let's say, unwritten rules or maybe they're written somewhere that uh, one should follow in order uh, to not get, get banned? Um, <clears throat> one of the biggies is comments and user experience. So there's one thing, even though that we have the ability to appeal, um, to appeal accounts, one of the things that we can never overturn and Facebook will just like flat out, not be willing to budge on this is user experience. They care about it massively. So, you know, a lot of people don't think, um, they don't think in terms of their targeting. And um, the example I'm about to give is not because, is not anything to do with like prejudices, it's to do with like, who are you talking to and is that ad gonna be relevant to them? So for example, you know, if you're selling, I don't know what, you could be, you could have a clothing brand or any kind of brand, you know, there's been tons of studies done, like women, basically, you know, pretty women sell better than men in most cases. So everybody wants to use a hot looking girl for any reason, you know, whatsoever. And there's a reason people do it in advertising. It's been for years. But just think if you're using an image of a scantily clad uh, woman in a bikini, I'm just giving an extreme example. You know, if you just think about how is an older Christian audience, especially women, right? How are they going to react to that? How is an older Muslim audience that's maybe very, if they're very religious, how are they going to react to that? And a lot of people don't think about that. So you just want to exclude those people. Just think like, who is this ad going to upset? And you want to create exclusion audiences. Okay, so you can't go on Facebook and exclude people by religion and stuff like that. But what you can do is by interest. So you know, I've had, I remember there was one of my clients and he was getting, they came to us a few years back. He was getting into all kinds of issues and um, their message was very heavily leaning towards um, 
numerology, law of attraction, you know, all of that type of area. And there was a lot of people that hated that stuff that were, you know, they were religious. You could see clearly, like he came, I, first thing I do is I look at the comments and people just don't pay attention to that. You need to pay attention to the comments. Mm -hmm. You have to. Number one is user experience. You want to see, are you upsetting the people? And then second, and then obviously that you want to learn. You want to learn from what, what they're telling you and then exclude the people that you're upsetting. It's just that simple. So we went and thought, okay, well, let's exclude people that like Mecca, the Pope, the Vatican. And we went through like various, you know, kind of religious, like religious leaders. If the, those people followed those types of people, and this is just like one example that can be, you know, you just have to think out of the box a little bit. What would those people be into interest wise that I should exclude and not send my ads to them because it's irrelevant? You know, like, I don't know what, if you're trying to sell a product, which is like massively appeals to left, you know, the left side of the political space, well, then exclude the people on the right side of the political space that, you know, like this leader, that leader and another leader. It's, it's, it's honestly not rocket science. It's just most people don't do it. And most people don't even bother looking at those comments, you know, so that, that piece of it's really big. I'll tell you another one that a lot of people miss and they didn't even realize this. They didn't even bother to look at it. Um, it's super important. So you have a page score. You know, Facebook will show you your relevancy score on your ads, but most people, they don't like put it in your face what your page score is. So if you're selling a product and that product has a delivery time, basically Facebook will survey your customers. And they'll ask them, what was the shipping like? What was the experience? Was it, you know, as promised, as described? Um, if your shipping is like, let's say two weeks or three weeks, most people don't realize that we live in the world of like, especially if you're in America, Amazon, right? They spoil you. You order it today, sometimes the same day delivery, or you're expecting it tomorrow and you're already getting frustrated. If you're having to wait three days, two weeks, you know, you're like, we're so spoiled that we're so often used to just like that two weeks is mad. What do you mean two weeks? Such a long delivery. So because we've been trained that way, it doesn't matter what you said on the sales page. People often don't read what they saw on the sales page. I've seen this so yeah. many times. So you can decide basically when your survey arrives, they give you like a window. So if your product is likely to be delivered, let's say worst case, three weeks, put your survey to four weeks because they've now received the product. Because what we see repeatedly again and again, it doesn't matter if you, you explicitly, openly, bold, underline, told them this is going to arrive in three weeks time or two weeks time or whatever it is, the survey comes to them and they're just in a state of frustration because of their expectation. You know, everything should be shipped within, you know, two days or three days. And then oftentimes they'll give you bad feedback and that quality score can destroy you. That can get you, that can get you shut down. Um, another thing which a lot of people overlook. So if you're not working with an agency, a partner agency, I advise you to do this. If you see that you have got ads that have been rejected by the system, the AI manually you can bet there's a button that you can press to manually ask for it to be manually reviewed after it's been rejected. I advise you to do that very strongly. 
on all of your ads if you know they were compliant. Because, you know, if you were just selling, I'll give you one example. There was a guy that he had, um, he had a picture of, of a guy sitting on a park bench. So one of the things that Facebook says, you're not allowed to have uh, zoomed in images. They don't want that. Um, so this thing got, this image happened to get flagged. And, you know, this particular client reached out to us and they said, hey, we don't understand. We're getting our, our stuff rejected. And we were, we were able to get the feedback from the policy team. So that was actually, you know, that was a false flag. And it happens a lot. And we appealed it. Like, but like the average regular user or advertiser, you have the ability to actually, you know, like click a button and manually get a review if you know for sure and in this case, if, if you had a case like this, that for sure, this is not zoomed in body parts. This is just a guy sitting on a park bench. Well, yes, get that thing manually reviewed and overturn the rejected ads. Because if you get too many rejected ads, it's not just whether you spent money on ads that were approved. If you've got too many rejected ads in your account, you could easily end up losing your account. I'll tell you one other one, and most people overlook this. Don't ever do this. I've seen this from the big to the small. Make sure that you've got like three backup methods of payment on your account. Because, you know, they, they won't tell us exactly how many strikes, but it seems to be like from what I've seen, and again, this is just my experience, it's around three strikes, um, and then you're out. Meaning you start pay, you start running your ads and you don't have a proper payment method or a payment. It's not even a proper payment method. You know, sometimes Amex sees that, you know, cause Facebook starts the billing at a very, very low threshold. So you can start running your ads and let's say that you're a, you're at a $500 threshold and like eight times or 10 or 12 times in the day, they bill your Amex card. Well, guess what? That looks like outright fraud. What the hell's going on? Why is Facebook pinging your card and billing them, you know, so many times in a day? So, you know, anytime that you can, you, you want to pick up the phone if it's Amex, you want to let them know I'm running Facebook ads, but then also have another one, two backups on the account and also make sure that you appeal, like contact them and tell them, listen, this is a flag on your side, not mine. I've called the bank. I called Amex. It's not their side. It's your side as a bug. Cause oftentimes there can be bugs. Cause you don't know, you don't want to just like leave that. Obviously that you want the payment to come off. That's what they want to see. So have the backup payment methods, but also appeal and keep an eye on the billing section. Cause you can see when the rejected payments happen. And if you get an email that comes in and it says, hey, your payment was rejected, and then afterwards it says that it went through, and you realize, hey, this doesn't make any sense, that shouldn't have been rejected, it's a false flag, pick up the phone to start with call whoever it is, Amex, the bank, whoever, find out if it was on their end, clear it on their end if it was on their end, and then if it wasn't on their end, get in touch with Facebook and tell them this was a, like a mm. problem on your end, Please, can you just make sure that that is tagged on my account? And can you resolve this? Make sure that you do that because this one, like I said, there's two things, user experience and billing. Those are the two things that like, if you mess around with that, there's usually no coming back from it. So mm -hmm. those are two like extreme areas. Um, 
you know that you need to you need to really keep an eye on yes and you have to kind of be proactive with them with everyone so yes. that to, just to make sure everything runs smoothly but that sounds like if you do it right then you can somehow work with facebook it seems like they're reachable and on billing on billing issues you get a lot more support obviously this to them is you know <laughs> of course it's the number one thing um you know they don't want their cash their cash register broken so um yeah they they will oftentimes talk to you mm. in those areas and um you can resolve them. And if you can't, if you see you've got those issues, then start working with an agency that has the direct relationship. Don't leave stuff like that and just say, ah, you know what? I'll just, I'll leave it and ignore it and just hope for the best mm -hmm. next time. You see those issues have come up twice. Mm -hmm. Don't mess around. You are at risk of losing your account. If you've mm -hmm. even had, you, you're at like two times that you've had like a, a, a major flag and they've tried to bill your your card and it hasn't gone through mm -hmm. and the billing is like sitting there and it's like outstanding and nothing's working mm -hmm. you do not leave that thing and it's yes add your paypal account add the extra card for sure but resolve that issue as well definitely mm. um for yeah in order to do to set up like, like a proper funnel they have to make everything work and we just mentioned how to set it up there's also that topic of tracking um how do i set up a proper tracking and what tech do i need oh boy <laughs> this one's a big one for everyone this has been like it's an explosive conversation at the moment so ios 14 and upwards uh apple drops the bombshell of all bombshells on the advertising industry. They obviously want to open up their own advertising platform. They want to have the edge, you know, the absolute edge um, on the industry. So they basically turned around and said, everybody by default who upgrades, it was like iOS, I think it was 14 or 14.5 and upwards. I think 14.5 is when it actually, you know, they, they put it into place. That by default, if I click update on my iPhone, my iPad, whatever, I'm now by default opted out of being tracked. That's a very big deal. So what does this mean? It means that, you know, Facebook's an app. So YouTube is the same, by the way. YouTube is also an app, right? For the, um, if somebody is coming from YouTube, from Facebook, whatever it is, and they're on an Apple device, they said, do not track me, or it's like that by default. And then, you know, they start going over to your website and all that kind of thing. You know, these sites are not allowed to use that data if they're on an Apple device, according to Apple's rules. And they basically said, if you violate these rules, well, we're just going to kick Facebook off the platform. Bye-bye. You won't use our Apple devices anymore and your Facebook app will be gone. So they had to comply. So one of the biggest and most important things like Facebook was amazing for, you could literally, you know, have some, you know, Joe blogs who just started five minutes ago, put the Facebook, a line of code, a snippet of code, it puts the Facebook pixel on their website. And that was it. They could just get started and Facebook just does all the heavy lifting. And you used to be like a, have to be a ninja advertiser prior to that. And now guess what? Facebook's the ninja and you just sell your product. <clears throat> now find your audiences even. Don't even have to think. Now what the name of the game is since 
Facebook has lost so many of those signals coming back to it that used to come back. Um, signals maybe is a bit of a like confusing word. It's like all of the different data points. So they're not tracking me like on an individual level anymore. So it's not, they're not looking at you, Sven, and seeing, you know, that you're interested in this and that, and you live here and you're this age and you, you know, whatever it is, and you like talking about, you know, this sports team. Now they're looking at um, aggregated data. So we need now, obviously, that we need to track our results, which is huge, because you can't rely it on YouTube, you can't rely on Facebook or whatever platform it is that you're using. You have to be relying on your own data, first party data, which means the data that is from your site um, in order to make your, your ad buying decisions. So it's super duper important. Um, you know, I sat down with your, your CTO and we had a, a conversation about this. And one of the things was like, you know, just looking, using at minimally, if you're using Digistore, use the tracking IDs. Like, don't be lazy, do it. Campaign name, ad set name, minimally that. Ad name, you know, as well, I advise. Because then if you're doing so, at least you can now make accurate ad buying decisions. Because if you've lost, let's say, and it fluctuates, you could have lost, let's say, 50% of the data because they're all Apple users, right? Who knows? Up and down, it doesn't matter. If you're using Digistore, you can go in, you're using the tracking IDs. Okay, that campaign, losing me money. That ad set, losing me money. Turn it off. Um, turn that one on, scale that one. You have to do that. And you like, I can't emphasize this enough. Like, and if you're using like a, an agency, you need to make sure your agency is doing this, mm. like provably so. I'll tell you this, this is what I do with my ad buyers, is I make everybody send me Loom videos daily. I'm not even kidding, and I watch them. Mm -hmm. I want to know, and I don't trust anyone. I know what human nature is like, I know. People are lazy and it is a pain in the butt because it's just easier to log into Facebook and look at the Facebook results and see, ah, is Facebook reporting that I'm making money, losing money? And I see people even doing this on their own ads. It's their own products. It's their own money. It's not, it's just human nature. Oh, well, now I've got to now log into Digistore, click the login button. Then I've got to go to this page and that page and start like doing an, like, an analysis line by line. Yes, you have to do your analysis line by line. You cannot rely on Facebook screaming this from the rooftops. Look at the freaking data. Otherwise, like, what are you doing? It's money in, money out. Mm. That's the only thing you want to look at. Like, you're mad losing out on all these opportunities. You have to. So minimally start doing that. And you know what? If you, if you don't have a budget for a third party system, set up Google Analytics, do it properly. You need your goals set up. You have to do this. You have to have to do this. Do not be lazy about mm. this. Google Analytics by itself without the goals is not going to cut it. You need to set up the goals in Google Analytics. If you want like another, another platform and tracking system, there's a few. Um, you know, there's one, there's one that is, um, they had issues. It looks like they fixed it. There's Hyros. Um, the issue at the moment with Hyros is that they don't have an automated way to export your data. And why do I want to export the data is because I want automated rules. Um, why do you care about automated rules? Well, because 
if you set a budget for $10,000 with Facebook a day, for example, and they don't get delivery on your ads, and then it's 11 o'clock at night, guess what Facebook will do? Everything in its power to spend the remainder of your daily budget and just put it anywhere, right? Mm. Well, you can't afford that. And if it's enough money that it hurts, you know, like if it's 250 bucks, 500 bucks a day, okay, whatever, you can live with that. You lose 500 bucks. We're talking about like $2,000, $5,000, depending on what your threshold is of how much you can tolerate to lose. You know, you have to have stop loss rules. And Facebook used to, you could just put the rules in and just say, Hey, listen, if my ads dip below X, whatever that X is, you know, I don't want to pay more than $50 for a sale or I don't want to go lower than, I don't know, at least money in, money out is equal. ROAS is yeah. one. Return on ad spend is like put in a dollar, get a dollar back or whatever it is to you. You could rely on Facebook there for that. You cannot rely on Facebook for that anymore because their stats are basically fluctuating like crazy. Facebook's using a, a, an estimation. They call it a predictive model. I've seen Facebook literally say a couple of days ago that, the, well, you know, this one account was getting a 14, 14x ROA, which wasn't. <laughs> and I've other times seen when Facebook's saying, hey, listen, you're losing 50 cents on the dollar. You've got a 0.5 ROAS. And I looked in the client's back end and guess what? He's making 50 cents on the dollar. No, don't want to switch those ads off. So the stop plus rules are super important. So there is one platform. Um, it is, you know, it does, it does require some technical setup. So it does require dev. And so that side of it is a pain in the butt, but you know what? It's, if you want to be able to have the tracking, like I said before, so you can see really what's happening. And on top of that, that you want to be able to have the stop loss rules. So there's, um, radtrack.io. They do this. Um, unfortunately, Hyros at the moment doesn't have that. Um, there is a company called Revealbot. So Revealbot, basically, they are just about setting up these super cool automated rules. Um, so you could, you know, and they can read anything off Google Sheets. So anything, if you've got any system that can export into a Google Sheet, it needs to be automatic. Um, and obviously happening throughout the day, then you can use that. So one side we just spoke about is you need to be on top of your own data. But now there's the second side. Because of all of this whole change on the platform, and Facebook's changed their whole platform, which, you know, they said they had a decision to make. We either have a, a platform which is going to be for Apple and then a platform which is going to be for everything non-Apple, and we'll leave that how it was. And they decided against that because they probably thought they're going to lose a ton of money, let's be real. So they've started looking at aggregated data and data basically being delayed by a 24-hour period to a seven-day period, different types of, I won't go into the nuances, but what does that mean to you? That means to you that you have to make decisions. And if you're working with an agency, you need to do this. And if you're just even, you know, yourself, set yourself rules. Do not just like... Don't just wing this. Make a rule for the week, right? To start with, you have to make seven-day decisions. You cannot make... I mean, I do understand if you've got, like, 
I would say to you, if you've got, you know, like a $10,000 a day budget, and if you go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow and 10000 is gone, that you're done, you know, you're out of pocket and you can't carry on. I do understand that. So I would say to you, better reduce your budget from $10,000 a day to what you are comfortable yeah. with over a seven-day period. And this is, I'll tell you, this is typically the equation. Some clients say, no, not tolerating that. Some, most people are comfortable with. I say, look, let's let's make this. Let's say if you've got a CPA goal, so that's like a cost per a cost per action yeah. goal. And let's say the, the action here is uh, a sale. So let's say you are happy to spend, let's say $50 to acquire a customer. Well, you need to allow for some fluctuations because it does fluctuate. So we're going to go to, let's say, up to $75, up to over a seven-day period. And let's bring down the threshold of spend so that it's something you're comfortable with at the end of the week, meaning to say that if you get into trouble and you lose money, it, at the end of seven days, it's enough that you can live with that. It's okay. You know, because you can't make decisions in a day anymore. You have to make them really minimally over a three-day period, and that's bad because you need to give Facebook enough time to collect all of that data. So first, make that formula. I don't care if you're just doing this yourself. You you should make these rules or you're going to make erratic decisions. I know what human nature is like, and don't yeah. push it to like so much money that you're uncomfortable and say, oh, well, I'll switch it off on a day-by-day basis. I'll tell you why. And a lot of people screw up and they screw up really bad and they don't even realize what's happening to them. Every time that you stop and start, you the platform has to have enough time and enough conversions to get into learning. So let's say that you want to optimize for sales conversions. The platform needs between 30 to 50 of those to get out of learning and then stabilize. Otherwise, it's looking all over the place and testing wildly what's going to work for this campaign. And then when it's found what's going to work, then it starts to come down and you start to have some stability. If you create, keep creating like loads of different ad sets and not spending enough money and you're not getting those 30 to 50 conversions, guess what? Every time that you start again, Facebook is an auction platform. So it starts bidding at the very top, the most expensive, mm. and then it starts to come down. So every time that you go back into learning, you start all over again, you're paying the most amount of money that you're humanly possibly going to pay usually on Facebook, and you keep doing that again and again. And people start like making crazy amount of ad sets and all of this kind of stuff instead of like consolidating. And that's not the way to go anymore. You want to get out of learning and get out of learning fast. The other thing, which is super important. So now there's all this loss of signals, which is coming, um, you know, from Apple and, you know, Google is moving towards a cookie-less, uh, you know, a cookie-less world. You need to start preparing for this now any way you need to do this. You need to install the Facebook conversion API, period. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Get it done if you want to do advertising, not the standard, just regular version. You also want to do what's called offline conversions that get posted back. So, you know, I'll just give you some examples. And they actually built this and we worked with them actually. Our agency worked with them with a team that were developing this back in the day because we had clients that were doing huge events and it was originally built for offline events, phone calls, sales calls, real bums in seats events, tickets that were sold like there. And 
But what this is really useful for is you can get the data from your funnel, from your CRM being posted back, you're being posted back to Facebook, right? So um, it's super important that you give Facebook as much as possible. Like if you've got a webinar as part of your funnel, webinar attendees, webinar registrations, the more signals you're giving back to Facebook, the better. The name of the game is the maximum amount of signals possible hmm. and good creative. But signals right now, this is teaching Facebook's algorithm. There's something called advanced matching. So somebody goes to your website and they opt in for a webinar, for example, or they make a purchase. So you want to be using advanced matching, both manual and automatic. There's not enough time to go into the nuances right now, but basically what Facebook does is it takes that data, the name, the email, whatever it is that you're capturing as much as possible. And then it will basically take that back into Facebook and you know, make it the best match possible so they can find you more good people. It's as simple as that. Another mm. thing, you want to set up something like Leadsbridge. You can do this yourself if you want to, but Leadsbridge is just one company that does this. And have your customer list constantly being updated. Mm. Have your webinar attendees list constantly being updated and start using this for retargeting. Don't do it manually. You're just not going to bother doing it. Let's be real here. So... I'll give you one example. You know, one of our customers that webinar attendees were that didn't buy. So we're targeting those guys and we are excluding the customer list. Obviously, you want that list to be updated in real time and you're just burning money. So go and use a platform like Leadsbridge. That's a bridge between your CRM and Facebook. And then you're able to do much, much better retargeting. So the Facebook conversion API set up uh, conversions, uh, set up offline conversions to be posted back. So it's pulling from your CRM or it's pulling from you from Digistore um, and creating a post back and it's sending back that data, that customer data back into Facebook and give it as many signals as you can. Don't be lazy. And don't just use the pixel. You can't rely on the pixel anymore. No, 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 not happening anymore. Not in this world. <laughs> Right, you need to do this. You really, really need to do this. I know it's a bit annoying. I know it yeah. could cost you a bit of money, but you know what? Like, it's the difference. It's a night and day difference yeah. between doing it, and that's that's basically going to help you tremendously. Yeah, that that that's just that just needs to be done. We're shifting to, as you said, a cookie-less world. Tracking is yeah. going to be harder. You have to, which means you, if you want, you must track somehow. So you have to put more effort and energy into getting it right. Um, we will also improve Digistore 24 by a lot for making for for making this easier and easier and better. There's some things that we have on the on our let's say development plan. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, so. Uh, Thanks a lot for for all the value you gave. Like this is this is pretty amazing. Um, I I would really there's one uh, topic left for me, um, which is really interesting. One question, which is um, Facebook is underreporting. Um, this is like a, yeah, quite a serious issue. Can you explain a little bit more what that is and how to um, not yes. be harmed by that? I will now share with you. Uh, you get the benefit of 
probably 15 hours of last week of mm. me painstakingly going through Thank you. a client funnel and discovering, oh my God, stuff that you would never guess oftentimes. Mm. Okay. So first thing is that I discovered, and they don't tell you this. I happen to be on on the on a Zoom call with a program on the other side of the world, and guess what we first discovered? So there's two parts of the um, two parts of Facebook where you get reporting. One is obviously Ads Manager. The other is called the Data Center, Data Sources. Sorry. Um, so that's associated with the Pixel area. That information should be accurate because it's just telling you what has been sent back to Facebook, not what is Facebook using. It just tells you like this should match up with what is being sent either from your site via postbacks through the API or the pixel. It doesn't matter. Like this should be accurate a hundred percent. Like there shouldn't be any discrepancies here. Yeah. But we saw they were. What the hell's going on? Program is seeing one thing, I'm seeing another thing. And then I realized, they don't tell you, I'm seeing things in my time zone, you're seeing things in your time zone, and it doesn't matter what the time zone of the, of the account is. So you could be busting your chops sitting like, why isn't this matching up? So the first thing that you, <laughs> first thing that you obviously need to do is whoever's looking at those numbers, take the ad account and make sure the ad account is in the time zone of that guy. Right, whoever that guy is that's looking at those numbers and making sure they match up, at least when you're setting it up, you can change it afterwards. Okay, here's the next thing. If you're using Digistore 24, for example, and you're doing postbacks, right? API postbacks, it's going through the Facebook conversion API and it's telling them here it happened to purchase, this was the person's name, blah, blah, all that information. You want to make sure the time zone that those postbacks are coming in, ask your programmer, because it will say it in the code, ask them to look in the code and send it to you. I don't care if you're not a coder, I'm not a coder. It's, it's obvious, it says like GMT minus whatever. Mm. Look at that code. Is it all matching up? This is yeah. the first thing. Okay, now let's look at the second thing. If you're using Digistore 24, fine. So the postbacks and your reporting you know, like you, that is your shopping cart. If you happen yeah. to not be using Digistore 24 as a shopping cart, make sure your shopping cart is aligned in the same time zone. Everything same time zone. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to start freaking out. Really, you will start freaking out. You won't understand. So the first thing, if you want to be able to even start troubleshooting or discover a problem, if you're not using same time zones, then just, you know, might as well go and get yourself a pack of Xanax because you're going to get very, very stressed out. It's just, that's just how it is. So that's the first thing, line everything up. <laughs> the second thing is look in the data, in the data sources and keep checking in, man. Like if you know that you got 50 conversions, just double check. Is 50 purchase events showing there? Yes or no? If it's not, you need to get your programmer to fix this yesterday because that needs to be accurate. Again, it's like, it's not that Facebook is not getting signals back. When you post back through the through, through the API, which is considered like first party data, is what's happening on your site, Facebook is receiving that information. It's just they're not allowed to use it afterwards, but they do tell you 
If a hundred sales which is purchased events happen, yes, a hundred purchase events should be showing here. If that's not happening, make sure that you fix this. Okay? The other thing is, is that it's got, um, I forgot what they call it. Uh, like, it's like a notifications. I can't remember what the exact word is, but like, it's like the word for problems. I was just looking at it yesterday. Mm. Um, issues, whatever. Have a look at there because they will warn you if the programmer is sending back information in a way that is in the wrong form. So for example, some things that they insist that they're hashed. If it's not hashed, they don't use it, right? So you'll be losing those signals. So you need to fix this first because otherwise there's no point po like po posting back all of this data and get your programmer to set all of this up if it's not going back into Facebook in, in the right way. And guess what? Check this every week. Set a reminder on your calendar, create an SOP for this stuff, not just like, hey, I'm just going to set it and forget it. You know, just hope that everything's okay. The other thing, um, before we move on to the next thing, is go and set up pingdom.com or something like that to let you know when you've got outages. Because guess what happens if there's an outage and you don't know about it? Aside from the fact that you're sending traffic to your site and Facebook will probably shut you down eventually because they don't like you sending traffic to a dead site, but also you're going to have the pixel loss and data loss and all that kind of stuff. So just do that. Okay, now next. Once that you've made sure everything's going in, it's all cool. You've got a 10 out of 10 score. Everything's being hashed that needs to be hashed. And you've got 10 out of 10 for all the data coming in, which should match up. All of it needs to match up with what's going on in your site. Okay, fine. Next. Okay. So I've set up all of everything that Robert said. I did the manual matching. I did the automatic advanced matching. I set up the conversion API. Now what the hell's going on? Facebook's reporting that I made five sales and I made 10. Or yesterday I saw that they said this guy, you know, this account, it wasn't, it wasn't mine. It was, it was uh, somebody else's account. But it was like, what the hell's going on? It's saying I've got 16 ROAS. Like what? So here's what Facebook is doing. Don't worry. Don't need to freak out. I freaked out over this over two weeks because they didn't, they weren't talking about what was going on. Well, we're modeling. So remember, so we just talked about the data sources, hundred sales, hundred sales should match up. Cool. What if 50 of those sales are people that said, do not track me? Mm. Not allowed to show up in your, in your ad manager, not allowed, right? So they, they don't freak out. The other side of it is, there could be more sales. And I was saying, how the hell can Facebook be reporting more sales? This doesn't make sense what's going on. So they told me it's predictive modeling. So they're looking mm. at what's happening, let's say, on the Android sales side. So they see, I don't know what, you know, 20% of your Android users are taking your upsell, right? This is why I keep saying put the... Give it as many signals as possible because if it gets lots of signals, they're able to predict and do stuff much better. So when they see 20%, okay, so if 20% of the Android users took the upsell and I don't know what, 5% of the Android users bought on the sales page. So then they predict. I don't know what the algorithm is. I'm just giving you the, like an example. I don't know the details of it, but then they yeah. predict. Well, the iPhone guys probably did the same. So then they report you that amount of sales in your dashboard. You don't need to freak out about that. But you do need to look at the third-party system. And again, if you're using Digistore 24, I'm going to hammer it home again. I really am because you guys need to hear this. And I don't care. You're doing it yourself. If you've got an agency, 
ask them to send you those videos. Yeah. <laughs> Loom videos, logging in, like little, not yeah. kidding. Look at your freaking IDs, your, you know, your sub IDs. Look at them every single day. Every day. Look at them. Pay attention. Look at what's going on. Then you can match back and you can have a look, but you don't need to freak out. But that's the reason why Facebook is over-reporting, under-reporting. Again, only an ads manager. Never should be over or under-reporting. Never. Not even by a hair inside of the data sources section. But you're only going to see accurate info if all of the time zones are set for all the accounts and the dude logging in is in the same time zone. <laughs> I am done with my speech, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> I think you you saved so many people from getting a heart attack with this. I know. <laughs> Thank you. That was amazing. Um, yeah. So thanks for all the value you you uh, you have given. Um, I I know that like on most um, masterminds or meetings, the biggest issue is always Facebook and always has been like no matter whom I talk to. So. This is this was in quite some level of detail, but I think it was it's totally valuable and it's it will be one of the most valuable uh, podcasts that I've ever done. And thank you for that. Oh, thank you please. very much. Um, I I hope to meet you in person soon. I think that would be amazing. Um, like how. Like as as a final question, how can people reach you? Like through which channels? Um, how if if I want to get in contact with you, what's the easiest and best way to do so? Um, just go to the website reachglobalmedia.com, dot mm -hmm. and there's a contact form. There's a button, I believe, in the top right hand side on the homepage. Just contact us. I think there's also a contact form at the bottom of the homepage. So just go to reachglobalmedia.com and um, you know, let me know what your situation is and um, we can get in touch. If it makes sense, we can get on a call, Zoom call. And I tell it how it is sort of guy has probably already probably noticed and if it's a good fit, we'll just discuss it and take it from there. There is one thing I just wanted to clarify, Sven. So we did the promotions for, you mentioned at the beginning, Richard Branson, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. Yao Ming. Um, I have never com like communicated with those guys. Well, once I did actually communicate with Gary Vaynerchuk, but not over the, the marketing stuff. So we were hired as the agency to um, promote mm. their events. So these were events where they were like the keynote speakers at those events. And we ran those campaigns. But Gary probably doesn't even know that we were involved in the running of those campaigns because yeah. often, the, yeah. So we were working with one of the biggest seminar companies in the world and they had a whole bunch of these um, like top speakers and we were running, we were running the ads for them. I just wanted to make sure that people understood that. Well, thank you. That's very, very modest of you. And that that's cool. And it's, it's like, in most cases, the magic is done behind the scenes. And for me, those are the real <laughs> heroes. All right. So thank you very much for your time. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you next time. And yeah, enjoy this podcast episode. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of Svencast again.